0: I actually have a bracelet, WWJD, what would Jesus do, obviously. And um, I think that's just a great motto to live by, you know, in this situation, what would Christ do? Because Christ was perfect, and he was perfect at sharing the gospel, um, and perfect at um, just being a good example to others. So if we always try to keep that in mind, I think everything else will come along with that. (laughs)
1: One, two, three, we are back. Um, Welcome to episode, it's probably 15 now of Top four Discussions. I get a little jumbled because we don't record and then (laughs) release in order all the time, but probably episode 15. And the last episode of our Spiritual Discipline series um, in our topic today is evangelism. Um, To my left are... To our two guests. Um, historically, we've done guests that we know and like, guests from our church um, that were uh, that we've talked to, and we kind of know what they have to bring. But today, we have some unique perspectives that we haven't had on before. Um, two missionaries from the Latter Day Saints Church. Here, um, we have Jacob Burningham and Gavin Brown. Um, so if you guys would like to, you know, say something about yourselves, introduce yourselves. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Gavin. Um, I'm actually originally from Oregon. I've been on a mission for about 22 months now. So. Okay. It's
0: a long time. It's yeah. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Jacob. I'm originally from Seattle area in Washington State. But I live in the Boise area, or I guess right now I live in Indiana. Yeah. But, and then I've been a missionary for about 20 months so yeah okay
1: okay Um,
3: we'll we'll get into what like being on a mission means yeah for sure later um so uh continue with your intro. (laughs) yeah
1: so we'll like we do we'll start with the definition um when i went to merriam-webster uh it said the winning or revival of personal commitments to christ um what stood up what stood out about that to me was that Almost all the other uh, disciplines that we've done have been they 've kind of had a secular meaning and then like a you know meaning inside of Christianity but this one's like specifically winning a revival of personal com- commitments to Christ so there's no like secular other meaning to that which I thought was interesting um, and then I feel like every time we talk about evangelism you have to talk about the great Commission um, mm-hmm. in Matthew, I should add the chapter, Matthew 28, <laughs> yeah, there you go, um, which says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Um, yeah, so that that's like a kind of a critical point for evangelism. It feels like that's the headline, you know, and yeah. all evangelism seems to fall under that. Um Do you guys have, you know, other headlining verses that you would look at for evangelism or places that you'd take inspiration from that you can think of? That's
2: a great question. I think Jesus says it best, honestly. I mean, I don't think you get better than literally the Savior, right, Um, commanding us to do that. So um, I think any other verse that I would pull, and I think there's a couple that I can think of, but— jesus says it best yeah
1: right yeah that's good um and even so i think speaking on behalf of the three of us uh regulars we don't have that much experience with say like the book of mormon or other um lds practices and stuff so does the book of mormon have a lot to say on evangelism or do you guys take most of that from like the new testament
2: yeah i think do you want to take that? Sure.
0: Yeah, the the Book of Mormon does talk a lot about evangelism. It talks a lot about how um, there, there's missionaries in the Book of Mormon um, that are great people, and they go out, and it talks about them preaching the gospel to all sorts of nations, the good and the bad people in the Book of Mormon. Um, so it goes right
2: in line with, with the Bible. So mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of really great examples in the Book of Mormon of, like, people we would look to as, you know, okay, this was a really great missionary. Um, and same thing with the New Testament, right? Obviously, Jesus Christ is the best example, um, but you also have Paul, right? Paul's a great missionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So one thing that caught my eye is that in the Great Commission it says, make disciples of all nations, not just to, not just to spread the gospel. So um, you guys, like, how do you make that distinction between, okay, just getting the word out and, like discipling. So do you have people that uh, like um, like what you have to say and then follow up with you after and then you disciple them through that kind of? Or?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so as missionaries, typically what we do um, is we actually like our, our main purpose and kind of our, our simplified purpose is to to teach repentance and baptize converts, right? So baptize disciples. Um, and that's really what we want for the people that we meet with is we want them to become disciples of Jesus Christ and, and to follow him throughout their life. Um, but to go to your, your question. Sorry, repeat your question again. Yeah, so
4: like are you guys just the front runners that just get the word out there and then they'll go to like your church if they want to pursue something further mm-hmm. or like you personally handle
2: that? Yeah, so... As far as like something that we talk a lot about in the in our church in specific is like priesthood authority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's mentioned in Matthew chapter ten, verse one. It says that Jesus Christ gave his apostle, his disciples, power. Um, we believe we have some of that same power, and we specifically have authority to to preach the gospel and to to baptize baptize um, converts and things like that. Um, And so that's ultimately our goal. So what what we'll do, right, is when we're on here on campus is we'll we'll go out and we'll talk to people about, you know, what we have to share and what we have to say and what makes us different from, like, other churches. Um, Teach them about the Savior, things like that. Um, And we encourage people to meet with us. So there's actually a lot of, like, the thing that's different about Purdue. Sorry, I shouldn't tap on the table like that. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Um, The thing that's different about Purdue is there's a lot of, like, non-Christian people. And so it's been really cool to, like— Get to the very basics of Christianity and basically teach them about Jesus Christ. And so, if people are interested in learning more and wanting to make that a priority in their life, obviously we don't drag people, but we meet with them. And um, a lot of times, what we'll do is we'll set goals for baptism. And so we'll we'll get them baptized, um, and and help them just on this path of discipleship. And then usually after they're baptized, um, that's where we kind of fade into the background and more of the members will do the fellowshipping and, and, um, be there to support them and, and things like that throughout their walk with Christ. So. Yeah.
4: Anyone have anything <laughs> else? Yeah, uh, otherwise I have things to
1: share. Yeah. Um, I really, I really want to dive into what that looks like practically just like, um, you guys are kind of going up to people or people are coming up to you and what's, like what's the first thing that you're saying or like what what's your posture when you're kind of really starting out a relationship there?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I think a really big thing is trying to build connections with people because if people trust you, mm-hmm. um, they're more likely to listen to what you have to say. Um, and so immediately like starting off, you wanna you wanna be able to, I don't know, I think first and foremost, you wanna look like you're someone who is approachable and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I d- Lots of the time
0: how we in a regular missionary area that is not campus, uh, most missionaries will knock on doors and try to start conversations there like that and go to like parks and talk to people. Whereas on campus, we usually don't really knock doors at all because we can talk to so many more people just walking around on campus. Um, But yeah, the, the main thing that we try to do as missionaries is just try to start conversations and try to develop an actual relationship with that person. Um, because if you don't develop a relationship, they kind of think you're a robot and that's not what we're here to do. We're not, we're here to just have you do these certain things. We're here to actually like make friends, develop relationships, just like Christ did. Mm -hmm. So, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah. I mean, we've actually talked to a couple of you guys, like, what do you remember from those first interactions or if anything, I guess?
4: Yeah. So I was, I think you were just standing outside of a building Yeah. and it it appeared, like, as people walked by, you're just, hey, hey, how are you doing? Um, and then pretty much immediately, hey, like, do um, you have a church that you're attending? Mm. So um, I guess that, like, narrowed the scope, but not necessarily, right. like... Do you have any interest in be becoming a Mormon today? Like, right, you right. Know, yeah. so, <laughs> it's um,
2: definitely a, a milk before meat type of deal. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to get to know people. And if I was just to go up and ask someone, hey, you want to be a Mormon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably not going to be super successful. Oh.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember just like being glad to talk to you because it was like in the middle of my day where I was walking to class. And I mean, it just made me realize like, I don't know I it just reminded me that this school or like there's a lot more people out there that are Christians besides just our little circle and it was just nice talking to you and like I don't know it seemed like a very open minded conversation um, between two believers so I was just like this is neat yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> um,
3: I had a question off of what you guys were saying um, first do you guys have different strategies for going up to people or is there a strategy from scripture that like you don't want to waver from or like, is there even a strategy?
0: Um, there, there definitely is like a strategy. There's different approach. We call them approaches of what we first say when we talk to people. And there's different things that missionaries, missionaries have said that produces like a lot more success and they're more willing to, to talk to you. Um, but our, our main purpose in the end as missionaries is kinda like what Gavin was talking about is we want people to ultimately in the end be, be baptized and become lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. And usually if people end up coming to church, they usually have a, a much, much bigger chance of actually progressing towards baptism. So lots of time when we talk to people on campus, we tend to bring up church. Like very first thing you just talk about church and see if people will go to church, see if they have a faith in God and Jesus and hear their thoughts on that. Um, that's generally what we do on campus and it works works pretty well. We still find people that wanna talk and um, progress towards baptism. But um, I guess that's that's the main, I guess, strategy that you could say, I don't know what,
2: what would you? Yeah, do? I think we are big on like improvement and wanting to be better and wanting to kind of fine tune the, the approaches and the things that we say and the things that we, you know, so I've a lot of used like a, a lot of different ones. Um, it's cool with, like, I, get, I think cool with, like, younger generations, right? People who are actually, like, your peers and stuff. You can kind of, like, I don't know, be a little bit more casual um, and really, like, get to know people because it's like, it's, like, you're chatting with your buddies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think we do take a lot of, like, examples from Jesus Christ and from, you know, the New Testament or the Book of Mormon. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in the Doctrine and Covenants, which we've briefly talked about last time. Um but I guess like one thing that I always see that Jesus Christ does is he he addresses people's needs, um, and so I was reading in Mark chapter two, I want to say, today, um, it's where Jesus Christ hears heals a paralyzed man, um, and he says that, or I guess Jesus Christ he he first thing he does is he actually forgives this guy's sins, which I think is obviously a more crucial. Um, need of his then, then healing his his paralyzation I don't know if that's the right word mm-hmm. um, you know and then he, he raises him up and, and heals him from, from the palsy um, which is really cool and so you kind of like you talk a lot about like teaching to people's needs right so what do they need in their life like what gospel truth connects to what they are going through in their life right so whether it's they're going through hard times things like that um, there's often like I think, gospel truth that we can connect and, and use Scripture to to address some of their needs. So,
0: Yeah, I, another thing is I would say the Scriptures talk a lot about relying on the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit to, um, to help Him guide us to know what we should do. And as missionaries, we, we do our best to always rely on the Spirit because um, the Spirit's kind of like God's messenger to us, and that's how He speaks to us. And, um, if we're close to him, then we can be guided by him and know exactly what we should say to people. So okay.
3: then my other follow-up would be like, did you have to go to like a missionary school or was it kind of just, um, you know, like you were saying, like every day you get a little bit better, you learn from just
0: trial. Yeah. So there is like a missionary school that we go to, um, we call it the Missionary Training Center, and there, there's, it's MTC for short. And there's MTCs. Um, the main one is in uh, Utah, in Provo. I Right, Provo? Yeah. Yeah, it's in Provo. And that's where both of us went to be trained. They just teach us um, some of the basic discussions that we teach. They help us practice coming up and approaching people. Um, but for me, I'm, and I'm sure for a lot of others, we didn't learn – a lot we did learn a lot in the mtc but we learned the best and how to actually do it when we got out into the mission so
2: yeah i'd agree with that um so yeah so the mtc is kind of like just a three-week crash course really really fast um you learn some basic you know tools to like help people come closer to jesus christ um and to teach to build faith in jesus christ um but you learn the, the vast majority of what you're gonna i guess be using when you're out here doing it um and so that's the that's the thing is like you know you can sit in the classroom right and do it and hear about it you know and maybe even do some like call them role plays but it's just where you're kind of i don't know acting out the situation and trying to get some practice in before you actually go and do it with like an actual person um But the most growth is definitely just just doing it, just jumping into it head first. And it definitely is something that you have to get used to, like just going up and talking to random people. It's not it's not a thing that like I guess it's not a natural skill that I just had.
3: Yeah, That's interesting because like we're kind of looking at it as like this is a discipline that we should be doing as believers. So Mm -hmm. we should like I mean, it's not limited to a school like we can just learn by doing it. But I don't know. I, I guess we'll get into it further in the episode about what makes it so daunting. But yeah. did you have something? and ultimately,
4: like we learned with the other spiritual disciplines, that the only way you're going to get better at reading the Bible is if you start reading the Bible, right? Absolutely. And same with praying and fasting and every other discipline. So that's that's important to keep in mind that just diving in is the first thing. Um. Yeah,
1: I I have like a million different thoughts running through my <laughs> or questions running through my head right now. Um. So you guys have you guys are here for a total of two years, is that right? Yeah. And you've you're almost done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is the two years thing, is that like just is that like a religion sp- specific thing, like there's a place in a scriptural text that says like two years, or is it just like this is an opportunity for the youth to go serve for two years in a practice that we have?
2: Yeah. Um so the two years thing is kind of a policy, um, back in the early days of like our church. So like 1800s, right. Mid 1800s. Um, there's some guys who went on missions for like 10 years, you know, yeah. so it's much more like, um, time commitments, much larger time commitments. So there's guys who just, you know, got shipped over to England and they were there for like 10 years, huh. just basically living it up, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. preaching the gospel, things like that. Um. But so missions kind of vary. Like there was a time period when it was 18 months for men. Um, now it's actually still 18 months for girls. Don't ask me why that is. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, and it's two years for, for boys. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Send me on a mission to Hawaii. <laughs> we actually don't swim on the mission either. So oh, right. really? Yeah. Okay. It's not like a, like a doctrine or for anything sure. like that. It's just like kind of a, I don't know. What's the word? Just yeah. Like, yeah, just kind of a policy, like just a safety hazard, I guess. Oh, you know? okay, yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah, kind of where I'm getting with that is for most people, because that really that isn't like the dominant cultural practice. Mm-hmm. So, for most people, you know, like we're going to college, and then you know, likely path is that we'll kind of get into a career. Right. Throughout all of this, we're going to have things that we that are going to occupy us, and that are going to keep us busy. Um and so how you know like um like even after this like yeah. at, how how could that look for us who have our other um you know occupations and yeah, stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, I saw what you're going with that. Yeah. But um yeah, so it's a 2 year thing obviously. But we do put a big emphasis on like every member a missionary, right? Um, so we have these two years that are very like dedicated, like this is all we do. Um, but then when you're back home, right, even though you have a family and you maybe have a job, right. You still should be like talking to people about what you believe in your daily life. Sure. Right. Um, so whenever you get the chance, right. We talk a lot about like normal and natural ways that we can hmm. share the gospel with other people. Um, and so it really is, a, it's, it's, we're very concentrated on it. These two years, Um, and so sometimes like, sometimes you can't be as, you know, just dedicated to this cause, um, because you have school, because you have a job, because you have a whole family to worry about. Um, but we should still be sharing those things that we know to be true, um, in our daily lives with the people that we come across, whether it's friends, um, you know, colleagues, things like that. We should always be, you know, sharing that with people cuz if it's really affected our lives um and if we really want people to know about it you you got to share it
4: yep so well first off is it can i just say the LDS church or
2: yeah um there's a few different nicknames you can call us whatever you want we don't really uh care <laughs> there's been an emphasis in the recent past cuz some of our scripture right in the book of mormon actually says that hey if uh Sorry, I guess Jesus Christ is actually speaking in the Book of Mormon, and he says that if if the name of the church is in the name of Moses, for example, it's Moses' church. If it's in my name and if it's built upon my principles, then it's my church. Yeah. Um, and so we typically try and stick with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's mm-hmm. kind of a mouthful. Yeah. Um, so you could say, I mean, for the podcast's sake, yeah, yeah. you could say LDS okay. or whatever you want. Okay.
4: So. I'll go with that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, So in LDS, is it like how common is it for you to or people like you to to go in, on these missions? Is it like close to 50 percent or like just give me kind of a an idea?
0: I honestly have no idea out of all the people that are willing and able to go. I don't know the percentage yeah,
2: of ballpark percentage. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, but for for the boys, it's more of like a like a duty I'd say Mm -hmm. it's not commanded by any means. I have friends who didn't go on missions and things like that. But, um, but it's something that, that we've been told that God wants us to do. Um, and you're not, you're not forced, but, but you're going to receive a lot of blessings from going. There's a lot of growth and change that happens. And I'm so grateful for these last two years. They've changed me a lot. And I've just been able to engage in God's work. So it's been pretty cool. Um,
0: I will. I will say that we, as of now, we do have about like over eighty thousand missionaries out in the
2: world, wow. all spread out throughout all the world right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, so for the yeah for the men, it's kind of a comm- it's more of a more of like a yeah you should probably go on this. Yeah. And for the women, it's more of like a suggestion, and it's like you can go if you want, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like you're always going to be blessed for, for serving. Um, and that's what God wants you to do. So it's like, why not? Um, but yeah, some people do choose not to go for a number of reasons. And for people who like, I will say a big thing is like mental health, right? Being away from your family for two years is a hard thing. And so for some of those people who, who maybe, Oh, I don't think I could probably do that. Um, there are also service missions. So, um, they can go and, and they'll work at a food pantry. They'll, um, do service in some other way. Um, rather than like preaching the gospel, they'll live at home, they'll do service. Um, and that is an equally valued mission as well. So, yeah.
4: Uh, and then just logistically, I just have to understand, is this like the church's funds that help you to do this? Cause you're not working. Right. Right. right?
2: Yeah. So we pay like kind of a lump sum um of money and that kind of subsidizes our living but for the most part right we pay about 12 grand um 12 grand you can't live on 12 grand for the whole two two years years, right yeah um and so the church puts us up in an apartment we've got a car right we've got a gas card um that 12 grand kind of just goes into a pool and it's dispersed as it's needed but most of it is the church yeah
4: okay yep just wondering uh
3: i have a question that i'm eager to hear does do either of you guys have like a, a neat story about like a, like one individual thing like that was very memorable or maybe like a terrible experience
2: yeah, working <laughs> in, working here for like two
1: years and having all these interactions, you gotta have something, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, there've been a lot of really good experiences. There definitely have been some, some get the yeah. fill in the blank off my porch, things oh, like that. Okay. Um, so you get both sides for the most part indiana everybody's super nice every now and then you catch someone i don't know if it's a bad day or if it's you know their personality um but you definitely have some some horror stories every missionary does every missionary has like a like a story where it's like someone flashed a gun or something oh yeah Yeah, like so some crazy stuff um but i don't know do you have a do you have like a
0: as far as like scary stuff that's happened to me on my mission, honestly, it's been a pretty good, safe mission. I would say, like like you mentioned, flashing guns has happened to me a few times, but other than that, haven't felt too unsafe. I guess I feel mm-hmm. pretty safe. So. Yeah, so I mean, for me, I don't
3: like, I don't. I'm not as vocal, um, or like. I don't know. I, I don't like take time to do it, and I think part of that is under like fear, which is I don't think that's that's not something Christ would teach. Like, mm-hmm. don't live in fear, but right. like, yeah, just knowing that it's like the worst that can happen is really like the benefits outweigh the the downsides. So like going out and preaching or you know just developing relationships like you guys are talking about um i don't know have have you guys ever evangelized would you say
1: yeah i i was thinking about that and i've never like i don't think i've ever really like looked for you know meet a stranger and you know let's you know see what they know and let's no evangelize to them so I've I've never really done that with a stranger um, I was thinking about um, John 13 34 and 35 um, which says a new command I give you love one another as I've loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples mm-hmm. if you love one another um, and so maybe like I, I'm i yeah like where, where I see myself evangelized evangelizing right now I'm stumbling over my words um is that like I'm showing my love the best I can to the people around me and I hope that they see Christ in me through that um and so I want to like would you guys say that kind of the way that you're evangelizing right now like trying to meet strangers and meet them where they're at and uh, talk to them about Christ and everything like is that something that every Christian should be practicing or yeah. Yeah. So it it
2: definitely depends on, on the church, I think, because our church is very structured. Like this is how we do it. Um, but I love that scripture, right? Because that's something we're also encouraged to do is, is really like, I guess be an example of the believers. Um, right. If we have love for, for other people, I, I love that people are going to see Christ in us. Um, and they'll they'll see okay that person's a christian they have something that i want um and that's absolutely something that we're also encouraged to do um our approach for like these two years is just a little bit more direct sure um, <laughs> that makes sense um and so after right we're absolutely encouraged like to you know show our love for other people and um you know people will see that and they'll naturally be be gravitated towards that and so like from like a like I guess your guys' perspective, it probably wouldn't be, right, going and knocking on doors or going up to people on campus and talking to some people. I have seen, like, other Protestant Christians do it in, like, parks and stuff um, and come up and try and talk to people, and that's that's great for them. That's, that's a good thing to do. But I think the best way for like someone who's, you know, already very involved in their life and and has a lot of things going on, right? God knows that. And he probably doesn't expect you to go knock on doors for, for five hours a day or whatever we're doing. Um, and so I think that's really great that, um, you can set that example and when the time comes right in a normal and a natural way, you can bring up how, how your faith in Jesus Christ has blessed you and how it's blessed your life. Um, So I guess just a quick example, right? Um, I asked Jacob how his weekend was, and he could say something to the effect, oh, you know, um, my weekend was great. I did this, this, and this. I also went to church. Um, And so you can kind of start that conversation from there, right? Things like that. Um, But, yeah, very normal and natural ways and, and probably taking a way less direct approach than going up and just talking to people right and it's like we kind of already have we have the name badge on and so it's like people know what we're sure yeah. kind of what we are and what we're doing um and so the name badge kind of gives you license to just go up and talk to people um but yeah i would
0: <clears throat> i would say a big um i guess you could say initiative of our church that we focus on a lot is
2: the phrase like
0: love share and invite hmm. um and that kind of applies to, to missionaries as well as regular members and everyone else. is to, to love one another, just like those scriptures talked about, um, to share what you believe in and share what you what means uh, the most to you, and then invite people to, to act on what you shared. So that's something that we everyone tries to, to do and focus on. So we were talking about, uh,
3: oh, yeah, just like naturally loving. and uh, So for me, in my classes, I rarely—I I mean— I'm a pretty outgoing, like, conversational person. But, like, in, like, a 50-minute lecture that the teacher's talking the whole time, I don't really see the point in starting conversations in that time. No. So, for the most part, my school days are, you know, go to classes, don't really talk to many people in lectures. Right. And then, uh, you know, go, go home and then hang out with my Christian group. Right, yeah. So I don't, like would you say that okay there's a like i'm very like sheltered i guess um but i don't know if it's like a bat is it necessarily a bad thing to stay that way or should you put yourself in a more risky situation and surround yourself with you know non-believers for the sake of you know being a light in
2: a dark area yeah that's a really that's a really good question um I think it probably depends on your on your particular circumstance i would imagine um i think you know if you're new in the faith and you're you know not so solid maybe um maybe just surround yourself with 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 believers and you know you're still being fellowship in and things like that and so maybe you, you're i don't know your your thing is just kind of focus on on your own discipleship first right mm-hmm. um being being in class and things like that that's tough right because it's like you're just there the whole day that's kind of your day and then you go hang out with your with your right or the rest of your believers and things like that and your buddies um but at some point it's like okay the word still needs to get spread um and we got to kind of put ourselves out there a little bit at least right um so whether it's joining some Extracurricular club or something like that, um, and going out of your way to to have interactions with people who might not be believers, right? Because um, ultimately, that's the only way the word's going to get spread is if believers are having interactions with non-believers. Yeah,
3: so we we do intramural sports, mm-hmm. and I think that's like the most like surface level yeah. part of uh, um, evangelism that we do yeah. is like after the games, we'll like pray with everyone, but mm-hmm. we're not building that relationship. Yeah. So I think that that is a shortcoming of it, but it's definitely something that I enjoy um, when we do do those. uh,
0: What sports do you guys play?
2: Uh, (laughs) All the sports, (laughs) (laughs) as many as we can. Yeah,
4: volleyball, soccer, basketball, football, football, yeah, Mm -hmm. a ton of them. Yeah,
3: but um, and then the other story I would share is uh, today, literally, like right before this episode, I'm sitting next to miles colvin do you guys know who that is on the purdue basketball team oh yeah Miles. I, colvin. I sit next to him in in statistics and i was just like thinking like i'm gonna go record this episode on evangelism i should just ask him if he's like a man of god or like believes in jesus i did not do that <laughs> 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 but uh no it's just interesting that like like why was i afraid to even like say that
2: yeah it's like kind of a I don't know, a social anxiety type thing that everybody I think has when they first are starting out. Now it's just kind of like, I don't know, like I'll talk to people in whatever way and it doesn't really phase me yeah. at all. Like you guys know, like the world's largest drum. Yeah. 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 I always stand by that and I'll be like, Hey, you guys actually think this is the world's largest drummer or, or no. <laughs> and we'll just have a talk conversation and I'll, I'll, I'll go from there that's and a I'll good be starter like, well, well, that is, we have you. That's, so, like that okay. that's, yeah. the hook. that's the hook. Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't know, you just have interactions with people and, and once you start doing it, it gets really easy. It's yeah. really easy to get comfortable at doing it, especially on campus when you're talking to 250 people a day or whatever it is. Um, you just have so many interactions that it's like, okay, well, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, like adding on like, to what Simon was saying I've I've thought about that before like I could h- choose to have these interactions if I wanted and there's this person sitting next to me and I could ask them about Jesus and about their faith and you know I could make a difference but I always come up with excuses and right. you know reasons that that wouldn't be a good idea um, one of those I think is like I'm scared of people's perception of mm, me so right. like I mean not that I'm like ashamed of the gospel but like I feel like people are going to be like oh, this weird, you know, Christian guy. Like he's trying to get in my business. That would be <laughs> so accurate. Like, do you guys get that? like?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that is a thing that I'm sure people think. Um, I think at the end of the day, it comes to like just like reps, right, sure. doing it a lot. Huh. Um, and also just realizing that, you know you know, you can have these excuses in your head and and I do the same thing. I'm like, well, they're, you know, they're talking on the phone or they're, they've got their AirPods in, right? Whatever it is. Um, or right. You can just go talk to them and chances are, they're probably not going to get super upset with you. Um, and chances are, I feel like everybody's really nice. And so it's like, it's kind of like one of those irrational fears, right? That like, at some point we just got to get over. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. And in the scripture, it says not to fear God or fear men over God. So like if you're scared of man's perception, like think about God's perception. If he wants you to, yeah. if he's like prodding your heart to go mm-hmm. talk to someone. Like, I feel like that would be more scary to ignore. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: Simon, for you, uh, like, do you have any labs in your classes? No, no, not this year. Okay, so I have, like, a ton of labs. I have my studio in engineering. I have my CS lab, my chemistry lab I had last semester. And that's really good because, like, in lecture, it's usually, like, you're all just paying attention to the lecturer. But in labs, you're working together and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I found that's been a really good opportunity to just, like, even if you just mentioned that you go to church over the weekend, right. like, you, like you were saying, Gavin, um, I think that's a really good opportunity if you get a lab in the future, just
2: yeah yeah for sure
4: do you go ahead for <laughs> yeah, then.
2: yeah so I guess a good thing to do is just probably do some like mental mapping like okay how can we connect this conversation to like the gospel or to Jesus in some form or way and how do you get that conversation started so that's definitely something that you learn to do like you'll have conversations with people and they won't be about Jesus you know um yeah and then somehow you connect something and and uh It usually clicks pretty well, and I don't even think people really notice. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, One thing that I think about with evangelism is, um, for example, our church has a missions organization that, you know, has built schools and has built hospitals and supports, you know, orphanages and stuff like that. And so it's very service-based. And then through that, they have the opportunity to share the gospel, um, like even going back to that verse in John that like by by our love, people see Christ in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you guys have experience with like service based mission and like where do you guys see value in that?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess you want to take that
0: like as far as like service in the community and stuff like that or yeah, our like, church as a whole or? Yeah,
1: I mean just stuff like evangelism that isn't necessarily going up and talking to people but it's more based around, you know, yeah, doing something serving places
0: uh for the poor, the needy or whatever, you know. Yeah, so a lot of missions all around the world we do organized service meaning like missionaries will go to um like a food pantry for instance and volunteer there and just talk to people there, become their friends, kind of share a little bit about us. Our main purpose there isn't necessarily to to proselyte or share about our church, but it's more to make friends and show, you know, hey, we're we're normal people. We're not some randos and white shirts and ties and stuff like that. But um, our mission has been really focusing on actually getting away from organized service Hmm. just because he doesn't want us to be, like, their part-time staff, sure. for instance. He, We'd be a lot more, like, effective a lot more useful if we go out and actually go out and talk to people in that way. But we still do it. There's still lots of people who end up going and doing that. But yeah. we do do a lot of service as far as, like, um, with people that we're meeting with. We always offer to serve, always, always offer to serve because – i mean christ his whole life all he did was mm-hmm. serve so obviously we're gonna try to do our best to always serve right, others right. as well lots of people end up saying no you know we're good we're good but we always um do our best to offer it so
2: yeah so there's definitely an emphasis on in our specific like i guess geographic geographical area we've talked about it. it's called the indianapolis indiana mission so it's as far north as like niles michigan as far south as like bloomington um and it just goes to the state border on both sides um, man, I just completely lost my train of thought. Anyways, I think I have it back. Um,
0: <laughs> our mission is the only one that doesn't, that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like so
2: there's, there's been a big emphasis on like unplanned service. Um, and so, you know, you, you see someone weeding in their garden, right? You should go up and help them. Cause that's what, hmm. that's what Jesus would do. Right. He'd go up and help them. Um, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, helping with a move, you know, and serving like more individuals rather than being in the back of like a food pantry where no one's going to see you and things yeah. like that. So it's like that principle of like you want to have interactions with people and you want to be able to um, share what you know to be true. But but still, service is a, is a great thing. And the church has some pretty large humanitarian efforts as far as that goes. So
1: That's good. I like the, I don't know, saying or whatever that says like, it's better to teach a man to fish than to give a man a fish. Right. And so proverb, um, proverb. I like that. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, uh, when you like give something to someone, it it can be helpful for them, but like long term, it's going to be better to share with them what's r- truly important and valuable.
0: Um, in life. So yeah, there's actually lots of um. Cool stories from other missionaries where missionaries, say, 10 years ago, served someone in their home, maybe did their, mowed their yard for them or something mm. like that. And then 10 years later, the missionaries go up and knock on their door and the, the lady's like, hey, I remember you guys came over and uh, weeded my yard like yeah. 10 years ago. Come on in. And um, there's lots of cool experiences and connections that happen when we when we serve. So we're very much encouraged to do so. That's neat.
4: Do you think it's easier to uh go up to doors or to just talk to people as they're walking about
2: my personal opinion i actually do like campus work more but as far as like ease i'd say it's easier to knock knock doors um and the reason being is you're knocking on their door and there's an expectation that you're going to talk to them as far as versus like if you just walk up to someone on the street there's like no expectation that you're going to talk to them um So it makes it easier and a little bit less awkward just for that reason. But something that used to be said a lot, like, early in my mission, and it's still true, um, is, like, you have to embrace the awkward. Um, So it's just going to be awkward, right? You're just going to have to get over it and keep going.
4: Yeah. My dad would always say it's only awkward if you make it awkward. That's
2: true. (laughs) Which you do a lot. Okay. Simon. Um,
3: I'm thinking, like, I don't think any of these disciplines are inherently easy. So like, I appreciate you guys acknowledging that it's not going to always be like, it's not always easy. And I don't think God like always calls us to do easy things. No, absolutely. So Yeah. yeah, we just have to like discipline ourselves to, to get at it.
2: Yeah. I think that's true. There also is like spiritual preparation that goes into like evangelizing, I think. Um, so you guys have been talking about like reading the Bible, mm-hmm. praying, right, things like that. You can't actually effectively um, share what you know to be true if you don't know to be if you don't know it to be true, right? You can like share, I guess, facts about you know the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints or Jesus Christ, right? Things that are in the New Testament, but unless you really believe it and you've had experiences with with that, right, through reading the Bible, through reading. Um, For us, it would be, you know, the Book of Mormon Doctrine and Covenants Bible as well. Um, So unless you're, like, doing the spiritual work, um, I don't think God's really going to, like, I don't know, ratify, I guess, if that's Mm. the right word, like, ratify your your testimony to that person, right? So it does take, like, some spiritual preparation prior to actually going out and, and trying to talk to people.
1: Yeah. that's a point that Winston brought up earlier when we were talking about other uh, disciplines like fasting and meditation. Like those disciplines are so much more enriched when you start with prayer and with reading because then you have that foundation and that, you know, stuff to build off of Then with fasting and meditation and um, you can include worship and whatever in there. But I I really like that.
2: Yeah, so I think like praying, right? I think all those spiritual disciplines, very interconnected. Um, and you know, in order to, you know, evangelize or proselyte, um, just like you said, you have to also be doing those things prior to it. Right. Cause otherwise your testimony is kind of, I don't know, it's empty. It's not, it's not real. Yeah. Would, Oh, you got it. No, I was going
3: to say, would you get called
2: off a mission
3: if you were in like a gray spot or like a down, would you ever get called off a mission if you your faith was like in flux
2: yeah um so as far as like if i understand the question correctly i think that um the short answer would probably be no depends i guess the degree right because i think everyone's faith kind of fluctuates where they're where they're more um they're more involved in the scriptures they're they're you know saying their prayers more diligently things like that and then there's times where we don't do that um and i guess in small degrees right that's a faith i guess influx and things like that um i guess if you just straight up were like i don't believe this is true anymore um maybe that's a conversation that that could be had usually when people go home early actually i guess that's we'll come back to that um Usually when people go home early, it's for like mental health issues, things like that, where it's just like, okay, like you should probably go home and, and take care of some of these things because, you know, um, you're not being very effective out here and you know, your time would probably be better spent out, uh, at home. Hmm.
4: Okay. So this is kind of along that same line, but not really. Um, in terms of like opposition that you guys get, I'm sure there's some like, no, I'm not interested, but... Do you get um, – I mean there are like logical and um, theological arguments against God. Do you ever have people – oh, what the – oh, my my water bottle. <laughs> um, do you ever get people that are like, well, what do you think – like how do you uh, – how do you get past the evidence for evolution, for example? Or like right. the – do you get that much and how uh, do you deal with that when you do?
2: Yeah, I think we do do – sometimes. I think ultimately for like, I guess for me personally, um, I just kind of feel like, like I just, um, I don't know. Like I think, you know, just making, um, the claim that, that I guess, you know, this has changed my life and you you can't really argue with like a changed life. You also can't really argue with like a sincere testimony, I think, yeah, you know, like, okay, this is, for, for example, right, um, I believe that God told me the Book of Mormon was true in some way, shape, or form, or, or I guess. Um, I believe that that happened. I believe that I had an experience with the Book of Mormon where, where God spoke to me and he told me it was true. Um, and so it's, like, really hard, I think, to argue just with, like, a subjective experience that makes yeah, you ex- feel like God. experiential evidence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. and so I think the evidence for me is, is, the, is the changed life, right, that I've had through... Um, through his gospel, through through his grace, um, and I think a lot of like a lot of questions that people ask, sometimes they don't matter as much. Like I think there's a, there's just primary questions and there's secondary questions. So like if you want to talk about evolution, great, right? We can talk about evolution, but ultimately, I just believe that you know God speaks today through a prophet that He spoke in the past through a prophet, and that makes a lot of sense to me. And also, you know, my life's been changed by by you know involving myself with with his work and 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 you know really acting on my faith and things like that. And so, I think you know experiential experiential evidence, um, you know, you can't really argue with like a, a changed life or a sincere testimony. And so,
0: yeah, I would say lots of the people, I guess you could say, like talk and go against us and what we say. Um, a lot of them are like. Atheists like don't believe in God. But um, lots of time I, I just tend to ask them questions like, have you ever tried to pray to God? And they say, nope, I haven't given that a chance at all. I'm not going to. And I'm like, well, then how do you know that God isn't real if you haven't tried talking to him? Yeah. And then same thing with like, um, for instance, for, for our church with the Book of Mormon, people will say, you know, the Book of Mormon is not true. And I ask, you know, have you read from the Book of Mormon? And they're like, nope. And so... Um, lots of people who make those claims and try to go against us haven't even figured out for themselves if what they're saying is actually accurate or if they have um, any evidence to back that up. So yeah. um, So you, you guys even get backlash
2: from other Christians about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's. That's a part of the job for sure. And I think it's most of the time they are well-meaning and they they think, you know, you're misled or things like that, which, you know, I can see that as being like valid. Um, But ultimately, right, we all believe in Jesus Christ, right? He's only our only way to salvation, things like that. Um, So people, I don't know. It just depends on the Christian. Like some of them are very, very nice, very, you know, very concerned they think you're being misled and things like that. But other times it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's less of a concern and more like an attack. Yeah. An attack. I so see. it just depends on the person, honestly. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Um, I do kind of want to, we've been bouncing around a lot, but I do kind of want to circle back to the beginning and that we're focusing on the idea of this being a spiritual discipline, meaning that it's something that's practice on a regular basis um, and that it's uh it's out there for everyone to practice it's not just like this is the LDS church who's mm-hmm. going out and doing this for us like it's everyone um who can be doing this even if you're you know working 50 hours a week and you're coming home tired and whatever like i was um listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about um ministry is called ministry in the mundane or like being, um, ministers or evangelists through like the everyday life. Um, and they're talking about how Jesus was a carpenter for 30 years or, you know, not 30 years. Cause it wasn't like right <laughs> when he was born, but you, yeah. you, you get the point. Um, which blows my mind that Jesus was like a reg kind of regular guy for 30 years. Um, and so, yeah, like and so I, I think in that we, we have an opportunity wherever our spaces are, like me with school and I'm going to class and doing work, like I can be a light and um, I keep referencing it, but John 13, like I, by my love to others, people can see Jesus in me. And so even though I might not be having a ton of these direct experiences like you guys are having, um, I, I think it's, I'd like to exhort our audience to kind of focus on, you know, where's your mission field, um, whether it's work or school or whatever, and what can you do to be a light inside of that mission field? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a story I do want to share quick. Uh, one time, well, this is, this is probably like the biggest uh, impact that I've felt from someone evangelizing, and it wasn't even... Yeah, we well, I'll just tell the story. So, <laughs> we went on vacation once, and we were walking around like this giant lake, and I had the same shirt on as this guy that was fishing. So I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go take a picture with him. Like, this will be hilarious." And uh, I go up to literally like a 15 second, "Hey, do you want to get a picture? Awesome, sweet selfie, boom, and then leave." But he was able to bring up God out of that, and he was like, "Isn't this such a beautiful day that God has given us?" And like, it was totally evident that he was a Christian, and. It um, it was a good reminder for me of how we could all be uh, introducing God into our daily conversations. Even even if you're not uh, going on a two year mission, right? We we all have this power to um, share the gospel wherever we're at, even in a 15 second conversation by a lake.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's awesome that that guy was able to do that. Lots of the um, I actually have a bracelet. W W J D. What would Jesus do? Nice. Obviously, yeah. and. Um, that's, I think that's just a great motto to live by, you know, in this situation, what would Christ do? Because Christ was perfect, and he was perfect at sharing the gospel um, and perfect at um, just being a good example to others. So if we always try to keep that in mind, I think everything else will come along with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a pretty solid
0: conclusion Yeah. <laughs> to a good episode.
1: Yeah, do you guys have anything that you'd like to add on for cherry on top here?
2: No, I just think that, you know, that really what, is, uh, what it is about, you know. As missionaries, we get to very be very dedicated, but mm-hmm. as far as, like, the regular person goes, they don't really get the opportunity to just take two years off their life and just be dedicated to this. So it really is, you know, a matter of, like, doing the spiritual work to prepare yourself to be ready for that. Um, so reading the scriptures, right? There's actually a really good verse in Doctrine and Covenants um, that says, Seek to obtain my word first. Um, and then you can declare it. Right. Um, and so I think it really is a matter of like spiritual preparation and doing the things that you need to be doing in order to effectively share the gospel. And it really is, you know, in those small conversations and those personal interactions that you have with people, um, that I think the biggest impact is made. Um, and so that's what I would say is just find ways to bring it up normally and naturally in your just everyday conversations, um, and the people you're close with, right, those colleagues that you have, that's where it's going to be most effectively, I guess, given to people is in those intimate interactions that you have with them. So,
1: Yeah, I love that. It's probably fitting that we saved this one for last then. We kind of, uh, off of everything that we've built up from here in reading and prayer and these other spiritual disciplines, off of that we can build evangelism and share all of that with rest of the world
3: yeah it's a nice uh is this like a season of the podcast or just like <laughs> we've called <laughs> it a series a but series you know <laughs> a grand finale it's figuring it out so
4: thank you Gavin and Jacob oh, for coming on and talking that, thanks to for us. Having us of course yep. um so yeah
3: all
1: right
4: yeah close it up
1: yeah thanks everyone for listening um I loved having different perspectives on and we hope you, that you guys did uh the same and so uh, we'll be back with a new series in a week or two. Um, church, church. We'll, we'll go ahead and say it. Um, and so we're, we're going to be doing some episodes on church and yeah, yeah, more to come. So thanks for listening, all. Bye.